Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. This is Chris McDaniel, and we are going to be continuing the theme of grief and loss and how God meets us in our grief, our loss, our shame. Uh, If you were listening to the last episode, uh, we explored a beautiful and oftentimes overlooked uh, moment between Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, and the body of Jesus, uh, how they engaged Jesus after death. Well, today we're going to look at a post-resurrection story, but also involving uh, grief, loss, and uh, death. So, John 21, beginning in verse 9. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger and you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wish, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Now, this is really important because it gives a context clue about where that conversation just happened. Verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. He was the one who had reclined next to Jesus at supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. So the rumor spread in the community that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is it to you? This is the disciple who's testifying to these things and has written them. And we know that his testimony is true. But there are so many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the world itself would not contain the books that could be written. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would give us grace to hold this encounter between Jesus and Peter. Um, Lord, I pray that we would think about the places in our lives where we've disappointed ourselves, where we've disappointed you, where we're prone to shame. And God, we would see how you engage us in those places uh, by the way you treated Peter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So right before this passage begins, uh, earlier in John 21, Peter says, I'm going fishing. And that that declaration, Peter saying to his friends, like, I'm getting up, I'm getting out of here, I'm going fishing, it sets the stage for the disciples to be in the boat fishing together. And those words of Peter, they they could have meant anything. It could have meant Peter was just simply hungry. 
Um, I think he was possibly thinking about maybe returning back to his old job as a fisherman. Maybe he just wanted to do something he was good at after failing Jesus so miserably. Remember what Peter did when Jesus was arrested? Jesus had now appeared two times to the disciples on Easter night and then a week later when Thomas was with them. There's no mention of Jesus and Peter talking about what had happened when Peter denied him three times in those first two encounters, so we can only guess what was going through Peter's mind. Have you ever carried the shame of a failure around with you? I think that's what Peter was doing. I think his going fishing was a way to process or to vent his frustration. Uh, Something was eating at him. And if you are anything like me, you've experienced those moments of failure and shame, and it it has a way of eating at you. Well, if Peter is fishing in order to feel better or to feel like he's doing something he's good at, then this trip is not getting the job done. We're told that the disciples fish all night and they catch zero, not one thing, not not, not one fish. And then a stranger appears on the shore and he tells them to change their strategy. He says, put your nets down on the other side of the boat. And they do that and they catch a ton of fish. Now, at this point, they're catching a ton of fish. They don't recognize that that's Jesus on on the shore. It's just some guy a fair piece off telling them to try something new. When they do recognize Jesus, Peter, we're told, dives into the water, swimming to the shoreline. And I love this because Peter had just failed Jesus in, in a profound way. I mean, we're told that he, he denies him three times, but it's worse than really worse than that. I mean, the, the, the third time he calls down curses on himself. Somebody says to him, like, you were friends with Jesus. Right? We saw you with him. And Peter basically says, um, damn me if I know that man. He he uses like coarse language to distance himself from an association with Jesus. And then we're told the rooster crows and Peter goes out and he weeps bitterly because his failure was brought right to his attention. John's gospel actually tells us that Jesus, I think it's John's gospel, um, one of the gospels, tell us that Jesus was on the other side of the courtyard and that in the moment of Peter's betrayal, Jesus catches his eye. I mean, imagine if you've ever failed someone or done something shameful or full of self-preservation and the person that you were wounding saw you do it, you know some of what Peter was feeling. I mean, he had blown it. All of his bravado was not enough to keep him from failing in the critical moment. I mean, this was a, a massive failure. I mean, Judas failed in a manner similar. I mean, not identical. Judas's failure clearly was worse. I mean, he betrayed Jesus. But Judas went and hung himself. Peter probably had, had to have been feeling at least understanding what Judas might have felt because he goes outside and he weeps. He's, he's broken. So it's telling that when Peter recognizes that the stranger on the shore is Jesus, his instinct, even though he had failed him, was to dive into the water and move closer to Jesus. And I think that says more about Jesus than Peter, but it does say something about Peter. I mean, what it says about Jesus is that there was something about Jesus that even though you failed him, there's something warm in his spirit that 
made Peter know it was safe for him to move toward Jesus, that he he didn't need to hide in self-preservation. But there was also something in Peter. There was a, a desire to move, a desire to heal, a desire to be restored. He didn't let his sin keep him in a place of isolation. And too often we allow our sin to do just that. We allow the sins and the failures and the shame of life to move us further and further away from God, not as Peter did, moving toward God in the midst of our shame. And I just want to say to you that if you are feeling isolated because of shame and maybe even specifically isolated because of your sin, Jesus wants you to move toward him, not away from him. He he wants to restore and heal you, but you have to actually participate in that process. So by the time Peter and the others arrive on the shore. Jesus has already provided breakfast, and there's something really significant there. And I think it's a detail that we overlook that, you know, they'd been fishing to provide for themselves. Jesus gives them um, a new strategy for their fishing that provides abundantly, right? 153 fish, I think, or something like that. But by the time they get to the shore, Jesus is already cooking breakfast. He doesn't need your gifts. <laughs> he wants you to experience gifts. And yet when it comes down to mealtime with Jesus, he brings the food. He feeds the friends, even though the friends have caught a bunch of fish. Imagine what this meal would have been like. We're told that none of them dared to ask who Jesus was. They all, they already knew him. <laughs> like they, they already knew who it was. And Jesus is feeding them. He's providing a framework for healing and reconciliation. And Peter and Jesus have a complicated history. And so Jesus' provision for Peter, especially after his moment of acute failure, speaks to Jesus' care and his intention to re-engage Peter, even though Peter had failed. At one point in this passage, we're told that Jesus speaks only to Peter. We learn from verse 20, where I had you pause and just take note when I was reading, that Jesus had taken Peter off by himself, probably on a little walk away from the others. And without the context clue in verse 20, you would, you would almost think Jesus was just reinstating Peter. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? In front of everyone. But that's not what was happening. Verse 20 says this, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. He was following them. John was following them. And so it's really important for us to hear that Jesus in his reinstating of Peter, which would have been an uncomfortable reinstating, right? Um, Peter's being confronted with his failure. So three betrayals, three questions, do you love me? Jesus doesn't do that in front of a crowd of people. He does it one-on-one. -on -one. And it's really important because it reminds us that that moment, that little context clue reminds us that God doesn't humiliate us when we fail, but that he will go straight to the source of pain of the failing with love and tenderness. And y'all, we do so much, we spend so much energy trying to avoid pain, to avoid facing our failings. But Jesus has this wonderful knack for going right to it, but he does so in a way that is life-giving, not life-destroying. It's building up versus diminishing. And so he asked Peter three questions, just between the two of them. But rather than focus on those three questions, the the, the do you love me's and how Jesus reinstates Peter. Here's what I want to leave you with. I want you to imagine Jesus and Peter walking alone on a beach 
and Peter being invited to see his failure and his shame and his regret and his hurt and to have Jesus hold those things with him as he restores him. What would it look like for you and Jesus to go on a little walk today, just the two of you? For you to be able to see your failings and your shame and your mistakes and your sin. And rather than being humiliated further or having to defend yourself, what would it look like for you to, to know that Jesus can hold those failings with you even as he longs to restore you? I believe that that's the courageous thing that God is inviting almost all of us at all times to participate with him in that he wants us to be the kinds of people who are willing to hold our brokenness, trusting that God is good and that his desire for us is just like it was for Peter to restore us and to heal us and to reinstate us. And that's where this story goes. Peter went from blustery to disqualified and humiliated to reinstated and then became one of the most vocal, passionate leaders of the early church. God wants to put you back in the game in the places where you've been sidelined. So maybe today you go for a walk with Jesus and hold your brokenness and see what he says to you. I believe his word will be the same as it was to Peter. He wants you to feed his sheep. He wants you to be restored. God bless you. Go in peace. Amen. Amen.